thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermons past Sunday. For more sermon recordings and more podcasts, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon. I'm Dave McMurray. I'm Chris Webster. I'm Jim Wilson. I'm Kendrick Spells. <laughs> All right, we got everybody who are stepping over. Usually, not usually, sometimes I try and remember and tell everybody what order going, and I didn't. But generally, I think the best order is if Dave's go, Dave goes last, so we'll save that in our uh, back pocket for later. But this week, we uh, started a new series, so we'll be talking about a new series uh, that's focused in the book of Daniel. If you've already listened to the sermon uh, if you were here on Sunday or you've listened to it since then, you know that this week we didn't even read from the book of Daniel. Uh, the first week of our Daniel series was in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, we were in chapter 29. If you listened to our kids' story time beforehand, you got part of the backstory from Jeremiah 28. Um, the new sermon series is called What to Do When the World Falls Apart. Dave, you, during your sermon, said something like, uh, or I guess it could be called, what to do when you're watching the world fall apart, or something like that. And I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. Is that, was that your secondary title, what to do uh, while we're watching the world fall apart? Uh, I don't remember that. I say random things, I don't even remember. So, <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. great. If you liked it, I liked it. If you didn't like it, it was terrible. Okay. Well, I, like I think it. it was. I think it was eating popcorn while the world ends. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. <laughs> we got some feedback it. after the service. Uh, one of our members said, "I loved the art because the feet standing by the broken glass, you couldn't tell if it was an owner or a rioter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's ambiguous. Oh, I, you know what I mean? I have the art. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's blurred. Uh, it's shoulder, but it's." Yeah. yeah, so it was like, you know, what to do when you're breaking the world or what to do when you feel like you're a victim of the world being broken. Either way, it's ambiguous. And that kind of speaks to the ambiguous nature of our huh. citizenship in this world. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that was what you really wanted to come across with that art, Chris? I totally thought about that as I was making it. Yes, actually. Yeah. Mm. Not not rioters. Well, I, I did think about the rioters, but I, did, I mostly was thinking about um, different people coming from different angles. Is it a new thing that the world's broken? Is it an old thing that's the world's broken? Did I do it, or did someone do it to me? And 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 the, all those are great questions about about where we're, where we're at in the world. Yeah. What about in your choosing the title, Dave? Is that something you were thinking about? Yeah, I was trying to think of something that was, yeah, that would connect with everybody. Everybody feels this angst, you know, like everything's just crazy. And we all have different um, diagnoses, right? So, you know, when you're sick, you go to the doctor, you really want to know what's wrong with you. A lot of times we don't actually know what's wrong. It's one of the most frustrating things that happens when you go to the doctor. I don't know if you all have ever been through that. You, You know, you go to the doctor and you're like, Ah, like, why can't you tell me what's actually wrong? I feel terrible. I want to know what's wrong. I yeah, I like go to the a, VA. That's so. a bit of what's happened. Yes. <laughs> VA happens a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I love it happens the VA. with regular doctors, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, so I was trying to get at that, I guess. You know, like, there's this universal problem of human sin and universal solution of grace and obedience. Um, but we'd rather debate secondary problems and secondary solutions. You know, that seems like a lot of what's going on right now. Mm. Mm. Anything else about uh, the the overall series before we jump into Jeremiah 29? From anyone? So here's a little trick, just a little inside baseball, the way I store files on my computer. I know it's very old-fashioned of me. I keep Word documents on my computer. I don't just use Google Docs. And then, like for a series, I'll have like Daniel 1, Daniel 2. And so for this week, since it wasn't in Daniel, I put Daniel 0. 
so that my sermon files will be in order. Yeah. Well, like a prequel to the Daniel series. I don't know what I would have done without that. I'm so glad to have it. Now you know how to find files on my computer. I, I was just when I going to steal things. I was just laughing. I don't know where this fits, but in the conversation. But um, the I, I thought you, Joe, you mentioned the children's story, and it was it was kind of the most dystopian children's story I've ever heard. <laughs> but even surprised you, right, David? It was like, and then Hananiah died. See you next week, kids. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was, my wife was like, didn't you, didn't you know, like, you know, she felt bad. Like, she'd messed me up. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't mess me up. I just, like, got caught up in the story. I'm just, like, like listening to the story. And then he died. And I'm just like, oh. My jaw dropped. <laughs> Even though I knew the story. Like, you know, we, we came up with it together. We we worked out what she was going to read. You know, but it, it was almost it's still yeah, a shocking was, story. It was almost like a living art piece. Like you got us in the emotional state of the series, like right off the bat. Like what? <laughs> it's like everything's terrible. What just happened? Yeah, that was anyway. That was really funny. <laughs> I don't know if any parents can call in and tell us what their kids thought of it. But yeah, it's very artsy of you. <laughs> yeah. On this uh, first day of back Wait, to school, huh? <laughs> All the parents' kids are at school. They might actually be be here today. Oh, crazy. crazy. Today's the first day for KSD, I think. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's right. I saw some pictures that were like, second first day of school. And I was so confused. <laughs> second first day of third grade. It's like, are you mm. advertising that your kid's doing third grade again? I was very confused. <laughs> but then I figured it out. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I think that uh, Autumn's story could have been a whole sermon. And mm-hmm. uh, when we did our sermon preach ahead this week, which was the first time we did it in a while, um, we actually, you actually spent a good deal of time talking about that. And then I think to tighten up your sermon and, and shorten it up, you kind of gave that mm-hmm. part of the story to Autumn. Is there anything that you weren't able to say in your sermon, because you cut that out, that you want to say now? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think I hit on the main ideas. I think it's just, it's, uh, um, yeah, when I did the Preach Ahead, uh, y'all helped me kind of think through. It could sound like I'm saying a true prophet is one that gives us bad news, and a false prophet gives us good news. Yeah, so I tried to I tried to nuance that a little bit because that is that is pretty common, you know, like that is a scriptural pattern, but that's not the test of truth mm-hmm. and falsehood. Yeah. Um, so that I think that was helpful. Y'all gave me that insight, and I just shortened up the hand and I. Yeah, I don't think I left anything out really. Did y'all feel like I left anything out? How about that? Nope. <laughs> It was good and long. It wasn't terribly long. 40, 40 minutes, I think. Uh, was no, was, was that how long you went this Sunday? I think so. It was 41, 40. Which huh. is kind of average for me. Or even Everything short. Everything else must have been tighter because I felt like we finished on time or a little bit before on time. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe Chris's songs are shorter. Mm. Chris felt like the world was broken, so he stopped playing. <laughs> So his songs were shorter. <laughs> I don't know. Now that's my real voice being weird, not a robot from the computer. Stop <laughs> <laughs> the audio. Sorry, I should have pushed the cough button. Our oh, studios man. have cough buttons, you know. So, uh, well, let's talk about uh, now moving from Autumn's story into your story. Although I guess we'll probably jump back into Autumn's because you talk about that story a little. Your first point. So in Jared and Maya, chapter 29, you're talking about, um, uh, well, let's just, let's say, let's, let's just say your points. Listen to God's word, build a normal life, and spend because mm-hmm. of God's grace. So you're talking about things to do when the world's falling mm-hmm. apart, like what you should be doing, mm-hmm. listening to God's mm-hmm. word, building a normal life, and spending because of God's grace. Um, before you got into your main points, you did some cross reference stuff. Um, yeah. talked about where the rest of scripture mentioned things like that uh, mm-hmm. Kendrick did you catch any of those specific mm-hmm. examples that you want to 
share? Anything that stood out to you? Um, the, which cross-reference he's... I don't know. <laughs> so, in that he was doing the New Testament... You up, I don't know. I was just trying to do the Elliot thing where I like actually say something to somebody else. Oh, uh, gotcha. So, he talked about like, Matthew... Let me look at my notes, not his Oh, notes. Matthew 25. He talked about Matthew 25. He talked mm-hmm. about okay. first two. Uh, he talked about First Thessalonians. That was all kind of right there, right? Luke 13, John 16, 33. I think one of the things that, that uh, keyed on the, just the phrase, take heart, is like uh, it's one of those ancient phrases to us. And I had to go look up, okay, what exactly does it mean to take heart? It's really just be encouraged. Mm-hmm. And the encouragement comes because Jesus is present and in control, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Take courage. Yeah, so I tried to set up that we are not the nation state of Israel, you know, undergoing the prescribed punishments of Deuteronomy chapter 28, but we are still deserving of punishment and we are still exiles, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was part of that second setup. I think in my notes I called it like a Second introduction. Yeah. First point, we've we've uh, stumbled our way here. Listen to God's word was your first point, uh, and and you did mention Jeremiah twenty eight again here, and that's kind of what I was talking about that we'd get to it again probably. Um, I think one of the things you said here that uh, tickled my ear. You said mm-hmm. false prophets. Um, often say things that are sweet and tickle our ears. And that's kind of, I guess that that was the good news versus bad news thing. But sometimes, I guess, I was thinking through it, I was like, sometimes bad news could tickle our ears too, though, right? So you don't get to just say bad news is the good prophet and good news is the bad prophet. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not. it's not universal. It's kind of like, I'd say it's like temptation, you know, like watch out. Temptation often comes in the form of something that sounds sweet or exciting. You know? But yeah, it's not every, not every time without fail kind of thing. I think, I think the other thing in this section, I don't know, I'm just kind of going highlights of this section. I'm not looking at your notes. I'll look at them in a second. But um, you also talked about that we often think the real problem is with those people over there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at others, not seeing us as part of the problem. I guess that goes back mm-hmm. to Chris's art, too. Mm-hmm. With the shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything stand out to anybody in the first point before we talk all the little details? Well, I think it's really helpful to start thinking about what do I look at on social media and TV? And what am I what, what voices am I listening to? Because recently I've heard some folks talking about some things that they are very interested in. And I go and research them and go, yeah, that's really not part of our 66 books that we ought to be paying attention to. Although it might be interesting, it can lead you off into la-la land as far as being discerning about what you're taking in. Uh, hmm. So I think it's important that we, you know, that you talked about the Bible's capability to give us God's revelation. And there's other information out there, but it's got to be compared to what God is saying. Um, Mm -hmm. So we don't get confused and start believing things that really aren't true. Yeah, I do think to to Jim's point, you mentioned uh, when you started to sermon some statistics about anxiety and depression. And uh, I think it's, it's so important that we uh, consume primarily the Bible. Those statistics were kind of alarming uh, when you gave them out, that we only spent about two hours a week average, right? I think it was in the scriptures. But uh, what it kind of made me realize is that uh, Christians, we're not really exempt from feeling the weight of the world on our shoulders, from depression, from anxiety per se. Um, I just think we have the answer in Christ, uh, and he's given us the scriptures to to read, to discern, to consume, so that we're not consumed by so much of what's going on in the world, 
just kind of piggybacking off what Jim was saying. That's yeah, that was what stood out to me as soon as you said it. I was like, goodness. Yeah, well, it's such a it's an interesting equation because I think yeah, you said you said about the yeah the two two hours of listening to God and how many how many hours of listening to everybody else? It was like two 90. versus ninety. Yeah, 90, I think. Yeah, it was funny because in my head I go, okay, so we've got to we've got to increase the God time. That was my first instinct, and it's like, oh, oh wait, there's, that's going to be impossible, right? There's not enough hours in the day if you just try to increase God time and don't decrease the everything else time, right? Like, I, I don't know if anybody else feels that way. It's like we've got all this yelling in our ears, so let's turn up the volume and on one one kind of yelling, it'll be fine, but not. So it's like just yeah. as much about saying no to the right things as saying yes to the right things as well. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself sitting there watching TV last night trying to justify because I was computing. How many hours do I spend in front of this thing? Oh. <laughs> and I had to, okay, that's stupid because I can't justify it in any way. But yeah. 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 Right. That's interesting. Yeah. The other interesting thing I thought with that stat, so I didn't, you know, Brett McCracken's blog, he doesn't really break it down in detail, but it sounded like he was saying two hours of like church stuff. So it's not even like reading the Bible, you know, like it's like an hour of church and maybe half an hour of a Zoom Bible study and then maybe half an hour of us reading the Bible. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's gotcha. like, it's more like two hours of, of church in general, not just straight up Bible reading. So Interesting. it could be even, even worse than we think. You know, you, uh, a helpful thing that I had to do way back, you know, like 30 years ago, I don't know if it was for a class or what, but doing a time inventory for your week, there's mm -hmm. 168 hours in the week. And to sit mm -hmm. down and just map out, where do I spend those hours? Uh, can be really helpful at times is to see blocks of time that are, you know, being used for specific things that may not be necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, too, that you like to listen to the Bible. Um, yeah. I think that was a good thing. I like to use the Streetlights app because it plays oh, like yeah. kind of like rap beats, I guess, like really soft mm -hmm. ones behind mm -hmm. different narrators. Um, mm -hmm. What So what app do you use to listen to mm -hmm. like the Bible? You just use the Bible app or something? That's really good. A couple of friends recently have recommended Streetlights to me. Do they have the whole Bible finished, or are they still working on it? I think they have about 50-ish books. Okay. I've, been I've never using, heard of that. Yeah, it's really good. It's by the Humble Beast guys, I think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so some Christian artists out on the West Coast, like Portland area, they... Oh. We saw, actually, Aunt Joey, Thomas. one of the youth conferences. Yeah, yeah, they were at one of those youth conferences that you did. Um... But I I use the U version, and you can get audio for most most. I like to rotate Bible versions, so that's why I use the U version. So, um, so like I'll listen through the NIV, and then I'll listen through the Message, and then I'll listen through the like CSB. You know, trying to kind of rotate versions, um, which I feel like that helps me to kind of hear it a little different when I'm changing translations. Bible.is is from uh, Faith comes from hearing that ministry they have pretty good audio on theirs mm. i've heard of people mm -hmm. using the uh bible.is heard of people using dwell is that that one somebody dwell. was telling me about oh, yeah. that one i think Chris i tried dwell it. dwell was yeah dwell was too much for me i tried it for a little bit it was just too many options it was like <laughs> yeah it was really nice but it was too much yeah, i don't know i've never used that one but i've heard good things about it yeah, dwell, dwell's good. It's funny. Kendrick and I were talking about that. Depending on, yeah, like your, your, I guess, your musical heart language, you know, Dwell has more like, I guess, mm -hmm. classical or ambient or, um, so it, yeah, it's nice if that's, if that's your jam or like Kendrick was saying, if you want so, sort of like more urban rap kind of beats, that's the street light. So, um, yeah, it's just funny that we, uh, you can't do too, you can't listen to the Bible and music at the same time on your phones. I guess it's just too much. <laughs> so they make these apps so. but I, yeah actually I really I really do like um, somehow it makes it feel more like a story to have um, a soundtrack on it I guess that makes sense because of because of mm -hmm. movies um, and so it brings out the emotion a lot more um, have you ever had a moment though Kendrick when you're like 
when the uh, backing the backbeat doesn't match the whatever's being said, like <laughs> like it's something really happy and the, the beat sounds really uh, sad or really <laughs> really really subtle things. Yeah, really subtle things like uh, a Matthew Matthew for Streetlights does that a lot. They get really dramatic on like when Jesus is speaking, but the music is like so mellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, one thing that Dwell does, it's kind of fascinating. And this is, you know, this is maybe not good content, but anyway, you, you can repeat. So you can like listen to the same section or verse over and over and over, but you can have it where it randomizes the background. And so that's a fascinating human experience of like, mm-hmm. when I listened the first time, it was like happy guitar music. And then the second time it was like epic, like soundscape pad and so it like feels like a different verse every time you hear it so anyway just an interesting thing to try sometime listener dear listener my favorite thing about dwell that i would recommend i find the music a little distracting but you can turn it down so that doesn't have to be distraction i like the different accents and i really geeked out Mm -hmm. on that like thinking about how like they're different voices and Mm -hmm. male female south african australian irish american you know so just different different accents was kind of cool um but then yeah it just it got i think i was nerding out on the details i would get distracted by like well do i want a different voice do i want a different music you know and it, like my brain would get distracted by that yeah, yeah too many options could be a bad thing yeah i recommend voices to listen to whoa keep going <laughs> yeah yeah what voice do we listen to and what do you say you say listen to god and by that you meant the entire collection of the prophets and apostles that we call the Bible. So the Bible. The Bible. book. <laughs> mm. yeah. You did talk about a little bit, I'd like to uh, spend a second at least talking about uh, the fact that throughout time all Christians haven't agreed on God's word. Mm. Um, I don't know that we need to talk about points of disagreement, but maybe your conclusion from that did anybody catch his conclusion from that idea that we haven't all agreed on what script on scripture, what it says? I guess I was distracted. I don't have any notes on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that is that what? It was actually more of a point for non-Christians. Was really what I was thinking. Yeah. Like if if you don't if you're not sure if you like the Bible, then then focus on Jesus. Everybody likes Jesus. Oh, it's like, yeah. I've never met a pagan that doesn't like Jesus. Mm. And you're, that's a place to start, basically. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about, Joey, were you thinking of the, when he was talking about the, uh, the uniqueness of the scripture, too? Of how, how historically reliable and carefully copied and that it's unique in that way, that, that as well? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's for sure what I was yeah. getting to, but it's good. Yeah, I guess I just yeah. If we want to talk a little about uh, historicity of the Bible, we can. But yeah, I was just wondering what y'all caught from that because I guess basically I was sitting there thinking, oh, he talked about reliability of Scripture. Oh, he talked about just listen to Jesus. He talked about you know make new habits. He talked about you know go outside and see God's creation. I was just wondering what stood out to you guys out of those mm-hmm. points. I guess. Mm-hmm. it's okay if nothing else did I mean I, I think the, the get outside is an interesting one I th- I've noticed you know we have the evening service outside and uh, we talk about it every single time and I almost just having the question like are we talking about this too much you know Dave's like turn around and see the sunset turn around and see the sunset and sometimes like Dave it's not that great of a sunset Dave it's just <laughs> some clouds and like a tiny yeah yeah but that's I think that's exactly a great metaphor of of what I you know keep coming back around to is we we just become inoculated to the the glory of uh of creation and we want to, we want just be the more we study it, the more we think it's not that great somehow. Like, oh, yeah, we understand mm-hmm. it, so therefore it's not amazing, uh, or it doesn't oh. tell us something. And that's a strange, that's a strange place, bad place that science could take us, even though it should inspire us even more. And so I think that's a, that's a healthy habit, even, yeah, obviously for believers too, is to just be like work to continue to be aware of the beauty and of the, 
just intricacy and the craziness. I think there was a, uh, was it Piper? I ran across a Piper thing of, um, that was talking about the message that creation is sending. Um, I'll see if I can find that later, but anyway, it's really good. Solid joyous podcast. I think he's, he was talking about that, but yeah, that's just a thing where like we, we become too cool for school when you're talking about creation, like, Oh, whatever. It's just outside, especially in August in Texas, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just sweating. <laughs> well, it just reminds me of like people who live in like beautiful Colorado and you go and visit them and you're like, it's so beautiful here. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's all right. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, like, or I don't know. You they start get to, numb to it, yeah. get numb to where you're at. And it's it's so. funny that you brought that up, Joey, because we had one of our best friends lived in Colorado for a couple of years, and he said exactly that. And he, like, he was said it kind of repentantly, you know, like he lived there for a couple of years, and he was like, I can't believe I got bored with the mountains. And now that I don't live there anymore, I'm like, the mountains are so amazing. But he's like, yeah, you actually kind of get bored with them when you're there. I found I found the Piper quote. He says, "I thought I just thought it was interesting because we talk about the creation saying stuff all the time. You know, the Bible talks that way. But he he kind of tries to write down what the message of creation is. So I thought that was interesting. He says, "The message of creation is this: there is a great God of glory and power and generosity behind all this awesome universe. You belong to Him because He made you." He is patient with you in sustaining your rebellious life. <laughs> Turn and bank your hope on him and delight yourself in him, not merely his handiwork. I just thought that was, that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is. Don't grow deaf the, to it. Yeah. I think the Texas sun constantly reminds me of God's glory and his power. It his is power. That's really interesting. <laughs> that's good he's an all-consuming fire that's funny <laughs> yeah. dig it Drink. well you know how about we, we move on from the first point with a plea mm-hmm. i guess what dave's plea would be what our plea would be is that you would stop listening to all the other voices um maybe not completely but as much and let mm-hmm. the voice you hear be be god's voice be jesus voice uh, whether that's through creation specifically through his word through the the words and actions of Jesus, that you'd stop looking to other places, stop looking to, I don't know, you you fill in what what you look to for yourself. We won't uh, go into all that, mm-hmm. but but whatever voices you're turning to and listening to, trying to find, I guess, comfort or peace or I don't know, justice or anger, whatever you're looking for, it's found in another place. We want you to listen to the other place. Yeah, is that valid? I think yeah. that's valid. Man, and talk, just say real fast, like, <laughs> go ahead. You're good. No, you yeah. say it. <laughs> well, just the beauty of, you're giggling, so I thought you had, to. anyway. Uh, just the, the, the calmness and the peace of not questioning a source, like not, not wondering where to find truth, right? Like that is such a uniquely Christian thing, like, what voice do I listen to? What voice do I listen to? There are, there's a thousand voices out there. And so I think you could just spend, you could kill yourself like trying to understand and you do need to engage. Right. But, but sure. what a, what a gift to sit down with God's word and say, I know I could trust this, you know, like yeah. just, I don't want to skip over that too fast. <laughs> that, that is the thing that, that is unique and beautiful. And it's, it's my measure for every other voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fact-checked. Mm. Y'all see that on Facebook where you give an article and they're like, well, not really. We fact-checked This is most, it. mostly true. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Bible's like fact-checked. Should... Hmm. scripture and see if Facebook fact-checks it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah. Cool. We'll we'll leave uh, the apologetics of it to somebody else. I was going to start doing an apologetic argument, but yep, we we got the uh, we got the receipts. All right. Point number two: build a normal life. Uh, I guess before we go into all of the details of it, we had some talk about maybe changing the the normal part of that, right? So mm, yeah, yes. Yeah. Preach ahead. He said, build a normal life. And like, hmm, what 
Well, it might be a different word because everything is crazy right now. How do we build a normal yeah. life? And uh, we went back and forth a little bit. We said maybe, uh, what did we say? Maybe a quiet life, maybe a, what were some of the other ones? Uh, that, that was almost a week ago. I can't tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was only Quiet. half a week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a week in two days. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. We had a bunch of different ideas. Yeah, simple life. Simple life, yeah. What I want to, and that was kind of actually all the cross-references you brought up in the beginning of your sermon were all those different parts of Scripture where it talks about what it looks like to live a, a Christian life in a Babylon, I guess. Um, and so those were where we were pulling simple, quiet, normal, and you landed on normal, and I want to know uh, why. You talked a little bit in your sermon about it, but help us understand yeah. why you chose to stay with normal, building a normal, um, crazy time. I think to press that that felt impossible. Yeah, so I think, you know, so when we were discussing it, we were like, oh, you're kind of, you're asking us to do something impossible. And so I was, I was just wanting to press on that, you know, maybe kind of like that, that hurts, but like, we got to kind of press on it. Like, is it really impossible to have a normal life or is, you know, or are there still some basics that we can live out in the midst of, you know, our normal being disrupted? So that's what I was trying to kind of press into, like, recognize these guys have been ripped from their homes, sent to another land. Everything's been turned upside down. And Jeremiah says, live a normal life in the midst of this complete, you know, your world has fallen apart. Now live a normal life. You know, so I guess I was trying to press on like, eh, we... They actually had it worse than we did, really, you know, and we we can also live a normal life within our frustration and angst and all the all the roadblocks we have to normalcy. We can still kind of pursue these biblical commands to, you know, live a normal life. So when you say live a normal life, do you mean um, stop wearing masks? staying away from people, get together, throw everything to the wind, that type of normal, or is it a different type of normal? I guess that's really yeah. what I'm wondering. Different type of normal. So they said thing, you know, so again, scripturally, build houses, plant gardens, take wives, have children, um, seek the welfare of your city. You can do all those things with or without a mask. You can do all those things, you know, like regardless of the pandemic, we can still do those things. Okay. I just thought of a word I hadn't thought of that, that maybe makes sense to me to build a steady life. Like, cause I think like the two things that you're, you're describing that you could act like you. So if the world's ending, if everything's breaking, I could either just put life on pause or try to like, try to not do anything like that. Ah, I'm just going to wait around until everything goes back to normal. So I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to slow down my life or speed up my life and do something extraordinary and crazy and go, you know, go wild. And as a reaction to that. And so I almost think, yeah, I was thinking maybe an interesting word to think about a steady life, like, like do these long term things, have have a plan, like build long term relationships. You know, it's but it is a tension. It's it's a you're not allowed to not engage and you're not allowed to just. Uh, I don't know what the opposite of <laughs> you're not allowed to hide completely or or whatever the opposite of that is I guess get up in everyone's face yeah. or something steady I'm thinking also you could you could think about a routine life mm. you, know, you have mm. new routines and this is my routine now mm. we moved from Germany to here more than 10 years ago it was a shock because now we could no longer ride our bikes to the bank. We couldn't walk mm. anywhere; you would die. You know, <laughs> the glory of God in the sun. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but, but we had, you know, you end up with new routines. You say, okay. Your first question is, what did I do? <laughs> Why am I here? And I know lots mm. of people move to Colleen thinking those thoughts. Uh, mm. But this helps us, you know, establish new routines and say, no, there's higher priorities. My identity is in Jesus. He has purpose for me here. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the point, too, somewhat is 
to live a normal life right now, you're going to have to do some things that aren't normal to you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, because we've had a lot of people, and even us too, somewhat, like, choose to just not do things because it would be difficult to do it a different way or, mm, yeah. you know, fill in the blank. But in order to live a normal or a, man, what's the word you just used, Jim? R- routine. Routine life. Mm-hmm. You'll have to go outside of what you expect 2020 normal to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or 2019 normal would have been. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's a good point. Like, there's preferred normal, and then there's like what God calls us to normal. So I made you know I made the joke about Martin Luther said if the world was ending tomorrow I'd plant a tree, and you know I I was trying to be fair so that Facebook doesn't fact check me. We're not sure that Luther actually said that, <laughs> but it's a it's a legendary <laughs> phrase that's attributed to him, and it's a great phrase. You know, it's like. God has put us on this earth to um, love people, build businesses, build houses, plant trees. Like He wants us to do that stuff. That's what God built us for. And we do that whether or not Jesus is coming back tomorrow. We also tell people about Jesus because <laughs> Jesus could come back at any time. But we're, we're to be about both of those things. And I think historically... Christians run from one extreme to the other. You know, we run to one extreme where we say that's all that matters and we don't tell people about Jesus. But we can also run to the extreme of we're just going to tell people about Jesus and then we're going to set lawn chairs on our roof waiting for Jesus to return, you know. And that's not that's not really what he has in mind for us. So, yeah. And to jo- maybe a little to Joey's point too, like a no- normal Christian life is going to seem radical to the world. So maybe it's, uh, radically normal or a routine of, of radically trusting God or, you know, like that's what I always try to think about is like, it's not just that you're not, and that's not what you were saying at all. It's like, just go with the flow and do what all the pagans do or whatever. It, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's something else. I don't know if you want to describe that, but that's what I was, I was thinking too is it's not normal. Like as in do what everybody else is doing necessarily. But it's also don't just don't just throw your hands up in the air and I don't know check out or yeah yeah give up yeah I mean, yeah don't I give think, up I think the big temptation is to to give up and to check mm-hmm. out and Joey gave gave me the idea of the cross reference of First Thessalonians four and I included that mm-hmm. um, so it's make it your ambition to live a quiet life which is this awesome play on words you know like mm. I have this rock star dream of. <laughs> Living a quiet, simple life. <laughs> that's, that's what First Thessalonians 4.11 is telling us. Um, mind your own business. Work with your hands. Don't depend on other people. And as you do that, you'll win the respect of outsiders. So that's like a, this is an apologetics um, posture. You know, so again, just like Peter is saying, First Peter 3, we do apologetics. We give a reason for the hope that's within us when we're suffering and we still believe in Jesus. We also give a reason for the hope that's within us by living a simple life, like going to work, taking care of our own business, being generous, not having to be dependent on others, but being a generous person that has something to share and takes care of our own household. Um, that simple life is really radical, I guess. Was it, was it you, Kendrick, in the hanging in the lobby yesterday talking about your teacher? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's how. That's one of the influences that kind of like piqued my interest into looking at Christ and opening the scriptures because she was the most like loving individual uh, but she was so normal but she there was this like aura I hate to use that word about her that was something interesting I was like you're not like everybody else but at the same time you're just like everybody else it's the Mm. weirdest thing in the world Mm -hmm. so when we finally had a chance to speak about it she basically told me what I just, I follow Christ, I love Jesus, this is what I do with my life. And I was like, huh, it's got to be that. You know, that's the missing piece, it has to be. Mm. That's right. Cool. Yeah, back to Chris's comment about going with the flow or not. When for a guy used, in the organization I used to work for, we used this example of the, the salmon that aren't fighting their way upstream are dead. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> when you go with the flow... You're dead, yeah. Yeah. and there's not going to be any not going to be any fruit from that because you're not getting to a place where you're going to lay those salmon eggs and make more salmon, right? There's no produce. 
Yeah. So, mm. so. And that's the, I think from that scripture, what stood out to me was uh, mind your own business. That's tough for speaking from my generation since that's a tough thing to do with social media. I mean, mm. you just, you just want to know what everybody's doing and be in everybody's business outside of discipleship, right? Checking on them on a godly level. Just, mm-hmm. man, that's a, that's a tough one, an eye-opener, but um, I think it's helpful, too. Minding your business will also, I think, take us back to the first point. Not trying to go back, Joy, don't get on me. Uh, it'll just <laughs> probably help us increase our time <laughs> in the scripture. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think it goes, too, with the, the other side of living a quiet life is, like, not just, at least now, I guess, modern contexting it for me is, like, not just retweeting or not just reposting things that we've seen and and we're like oh yeah that rings a bell with me i'm sharing it right away like if you're gonna you know i don't know it's it's what we're vocal about are we vocal about you know random things on the internet are we vocal about his word and our love you know like i don't know i don't know it's not a fully formed thought but yeah that's good maybe being thoughtful about how we do engage online. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anything else about building a normal life? Uh, I think the, uh, the idea of being involved in politics has always been anathema to me, right? Mm. I just try and stay away from it. You know? mm-hmm. But as I've lived here, it's interesting how you get engaged with the people who are involved. And it, mm. you at least know some of them. And you know what's going on. Uh, so I think there's some, there's a level at which I would say, yeah, I don't want to do that level, but the level of knowing my neighbors and being a good neighbor and participating in those, you know, one of the nicest things I've seen done here is the uh, national night out. Somebody mm. would post that in one of the cul-de-sacs and everybody in the neighborhood would come together and you get to meet all these people and, you know, you just know people and then you care more about them if you know them. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was kind of nice. So it's one way to be involved at a really low level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I went to my first city council meeting earlier in the summer. And actually, Kendrick went there and Elliot went. Several, several people went. And I just was struck by this like mixture of, yes, this is the right thing to do, to actually get to know the people and understand the city. I was also struck with like, Wow, that was really boring. <laughs> like it's so, it's so slow. It's just not as sensational and exciting as you think it should be, or whatever. But that's you know, that's the quiet, simple life we're called to. You know, to just be, be good neighbors, be good citizens, get to know the folks around you and the city, etc. So, I that I, I'll just say the thing that keeps coming up in my head is we don't value quiet, simple lives at all in America anymore, or at least that's not the way we talk about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I don't know how to pose at it as a question, but I do, um, I think, uh, even, even in Christian circles, right? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was, don't, maybe it was don't waste your life. John Piper's book. Uh, I think he like went and sat down with his farmer grandfather. I, I don't know if, the, anyway, this may not be the right book, but and he was just talking about what was your calling or what was your, how did you discern the will of God? Oh, and maybe it was, uh, yeah, just do something. That's what it was. It was just Kevin, Kevin DeYoung. And he sat down with his grandfather yeah. and he said, uh, yeah, how did you discern God's will for your life? And what was your calling? And all the, you know, all this language you use. And he's like, I was faithful to my family and grew the crops, you know, and that was a good life. And I just... <laughs> I don't know how, do y'all, especially, you know, the young punk gallery here can try to say whatever we think about that, but what what would y'all say, Dave or, or Jim, or like, how do you combat that? Or how do you, how do you bring, like, speak of the value of that again in a way that we can understand or, or biblically, what does that look like? I don't know. I think that's what we've been talking about. So maybe not a ton more needs to be said, but. Yeah, we have so many choices. I think it confuses us. So uh, maybe to carry the metaphor I was talking about, about the app, you know, the app with so many choices can be distracting. And I think that's the way it is with our work. We have so many options. Just our our wealth as a nation. It's like, I could do this or this or this or this, or I could try this or try that. 
And yeah, previous generations, they just worked. Like there was one job available to them and they did that job. And then after that, for 20 years, they might have found a better job, but usually we just did what we could do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a contentment there that probably we need to learn. What were you going to say, Jim? Well, I was just thinking, uh, yeah, that's that's part of what I was thinking too, is that we have these aspirations that we start building up within ourselves. I'm going to be this. And and all we're ever working on is someday I'm going to be this. And so, you know, I struggle with this with my grandchildren even because they just don't look at, or not just my grandchildren, but other kids that I see growing up, they just aren't willing to take the fast food job as a starter. They aren't willing to take the laborious job as a starter and just do something and, and my answer is just go do something you'll learn what work is like you will learn mm-hmm. something from it mm-hmm. and then you can mm-hmm. start moving you know um, but i think you have to like chris said just start take on something do it don't wait mm-hmm. for that opportunity that you're dreaming about to come along take yeah. what god puts in front of you and do it yeah sorry it's easier to What's the word? It's easier to steer a moving ship or something like that. I don't know. There's some some sort of phrase like that, but sure, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rather moving. than a ship, it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. But if you're, yeah. you know, you just start moving in some direction, it's gonna be easier to figure out what I should be doing, where God is leading me. Mm-hmm. I want I think that's one of the questions that drives me nuts. Where is mm-hmm. God's center target that I have to hit? Where's that little? Where am I supposed to put Bullseye. that dart? Yeah. yeah. I was going to take the metaphor all the way into Jim's land. It's easier to fly a moving plane. Is that true, Jim? <laughs> yeah, they, they, don't, they don't work very well at all. Hey, do we need to call Kendrick back? He fell off. Where'd he go? He has to call. I called him back. Um, he has to call us. Uh, don't call us. We'll call. Wait, don't. I don't know. No. <laughs> we lost Kendrick. I'll call you. We'll call us. <laughs> I just like that uh, Kendrick was like he said something and just dropped the mic, left. The call. Yeah, he did. He did. But, uh, well played. Uh, I guess the the big thing I wrote down from this part was you said something like seeking the shalom of the city or of the people around you increases your shalom. Seeking shalom increases your shalom. Maybe. That was in my notes. I was like, mm, that's a line right there. Mm. I don't know if anybody had anything else from this point. We're running out of time. I just I just love that point because you can, I've watched people do this here when they get assigned to Colleen and they hate it for the whole three years they're here and they can't wait to go where they want to go. And I was like, man, if you had invested here, you would have been at peace. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have been okay, and you could have been a benefit to other people. But as it is, you're just frustrated. You don't have peace. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I think I didn't even go into it, but that that yeah, that was that Hebrew word. Shalom is the word welfare in the ESV. It's peace in the in I think. Uh, yeah, it's really tying together too with with what you were saying about politics, Jim. I, I've just had a new realization. That's the right way to do politics. Is you can either do politics and. I'm seeking the shalom of, of all the people that this will affect, or I am mm. defending myself and I have to get what I need. And I think mm. those are very different, uh, yeah, different ways of approaching all the, all of that. So mm. that's good. Your final point was about spending because of God's grace. So we've listened to God's word. We've, uh, built a normal life and once we have then your final point is to spend because of god's grace um i guess mostly you talked about uh, my notes are the smallest in this point uh orphans versus sonship we spend because god's been good to us Mm -hmm. and you talked a lot about it not being prosperity gospel anything stand up to anybody stand up stand out stand in stand over to anybody Mm -hmm. Christopher, you haven't talked very much today. <laughs> Don't put me on the last point. I think I was wrestling my kids in the sermon or something. Oh, no. Yeah, those naughty kids. Um, yeah, I, I just think I think it's been said and should keep being said 
we we must think about God's generosity. I, I think that's it. There's a we are not good at that right now. Again, because we like we were talking about nature, we think nature is just this self-contained system that continues itself, and there's no nothing amazing about it, nothing supernatural about about it. So I have nothing to be thankful for if if nature is just a machine. <laughs> I have nothing to be thankful for, but if it's if it's actually a thing held together by a gracious creator, like every day is is something to be thankful for, and so uh, and that directly affects our spending. You know, we've had that the tithe conversation about is this money I earned or is this money God gave me? Um, you know, that's a specific kind of spending, but um, yeah, and it's hard. It's really hard to, to not feel like I'm scrapping together um, penny pension and, you know, I'm all on my own, but that that's not the biblical picture. It's God is for us. God is with us. God has given us anything good we have um, to use for his glory. Yeah. Heard. Yeah, I think it really is connected to those first two points, because we can't appreciate God's graciousness unless we, you know, spend time with Him, spend time in His creation, thinking about it, just looking for those things that He gives us every day that are little pictures of His goodness and mercy, uh, and we look at life differently because of that. So that enables us to be generous to other people because we see see God's generosity to us. And so we spend because God is generous. We spend because God's been gracious to us. Um, you said, uh, Dave, we spend our money, our time, our talents because we believe that it shows God's heart to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a, a type of preaching, really. We're proclaiming the gospel when we're generous. Mm-hmm. So when I'm willing to spend my time on another person and you know give them the gift of attention or listening, uh, you know that's a, it's a gracious act. Where I'm saying God is the kind of God that's gracious and cares for us, you know, and so I'm going to care for you. Um, I feel like. I'm overflowing with a God who cares for me, so I'm going to care for another person. Or if we spend our talents, you know, God is the God that that came to save us, that lived for us, that died for us. So I'm going to spend my talents for, for other people. And uh, money, I think money is the first thought we think of when we use the word spend. So I was trying to kind of like speak more about other things as well. But whenever we spend any resource that we have uh, for Christians, it's a way of declaring no, God is really good. He's really generous. I, I have plenty. You know, like, I'm okay. God's taking care of me. I'm a, I'm a pilgrim and an exile here. This is not really my true home. God sent me here on a temporary assignment to, to bless others. Yeah, I love, you talked about what, you know, what gifts and resources do you have to spend for the kingdom? You know, the idea of the body of Christ, and there's many parts. I love tying this, this point with the one before it of living a normal life. I think my question to people is, what normal thing are you good at or can you do to serve the kingdom? Because I think we have this special category of extra shiny uh, gifts of speaking and, you know, even even music can be seen that way. Unless I'm an insanely awesome musician, I can't help at the church. But it's like, what what regular, boring, what you see as unvaluable thing are you able to do that actually we need desperately um mm. I, I, that's that's i hope th- hope that makes sense I, th- I just talked to a lot of yeah. people that say well i'm good at that but nobody wants that they only want <laughs> preacher you know it's just oh, yeah. silly like um we need yeah. it all yeah no, that's good i think we're also self-critical that i don't know if this is universal but try this on I feel like the things we're good at, we're often the most critical of, and we yep. we like downplay it because we intuitively know perfection in that zone. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like we know perfection in that area because we're actually experts in that. So we're like, oh, I'm terrible. I'm not. But then you realize, oh wait, that is actually I'm actually better at that than other people. I could I could contribute. I could help with that. Huh. Um, but we tend to be more like judgmental on ourselves with certain things. I think. 
That's like smart people are the first ones to admit that they're not smart type mm. of thing too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's they know what they don't know. That's the thing too is like even that like it's almost impossible to avoid this competitive competition language. Like, what are you mm. good at? What are you great at? What are you, what are you talented? The at? Yeah, what are you? The, yeah. I'm better than other. Well, it's like no. What if you had ten people who were just okay at something? <laughs> they're not the best, and they all get together and do something awesome. Like. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I wrestle with that a lot in our, our thinking. It's like, you really don't have to be the best at at whatever kind of serving you're doing. You just have to, like, that's the way God made me. And, you know, maybe I'm a mediocre farmer, but I'm a farmer. There we go. Let's yeah. do it. You know? <laughs> well, I'd say even sometimes it's not even the thing that God made you for, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. This was at that same conference, Dave, the, maybe the same one or a year before you were there. Odd Thomas was talking about how when he went to a church, he really wanted to go up and, and be in the music ministry and rap. That's not what they needed. Mm-hmm. What they needed was a janitor. So dude would come early on Sundays mm-hmm. and vacuum the church. But he's uh, like professional musician. But what did he do? He yeah. did something normal because the mm-hmm. kingdom needed something normal. You know, it was That's really good. I don't think I'll ever forget that. He was talking about that. I was like, whoa. It was in a little breakout session with just oh. musical artists. Well, just artists in general were in the room. It was good. Uh, but awesome. uh, I have one more thing from this point. Does anybody else have anything from this point? Okay. Silence is consent. I don't know. That's not. <laughs> Silence means I can go forward. All right. You said, and I'm wondering if this is you being a prophet or not. Since we're talking about true and false prophets, Uh-oh. you said, Uh-oh. we can trust that even in 70 years of pain and exile, we can trust all of this, even in 70 years of pain and exile. So are you prophesying, David McMurray, <laughs> that 2020 will continue until 2090? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know it will feel like it no matter what happens. <laughs> but yeah, that's the point. You know, this favorite verse we all love, I have plans for you, a future and a hope. The context is 70 years of the stinks. So that's just a really important context that we should hold together with a promise of God's gracious heart towards us. And uh, but that's kind of where my brain was, was going with that. Like, okay, even in difficulty, you know, back to the John 1633. Um, in this world, you will have trouble to part of overcome the world. Jeremiah says, in this exile, it will be terribly long in 70 years, but God's heart for you is a future and a hope. Yeah. And that sometimes we don't see that on this earth even, though, too, right? Like mm. the future and the hope is in Christ, right? So. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't. Well, that yeah. I mean, 70 years is a really interesting time period, right? That's like a human lifespan. So mm-hmm. all the middle-aged people are not going to see the end of this thing. Right. Even the 25-year-olds are not going to see the end of it. You know, so, yeah, it's a very interesting time span that God chose there. It's, it's a long time. Yeah, it's a lifetime. All right. Other thoughts, ideas? We're at the end. I'm gonna drop Jesus, my paper. Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, wasted opportunity. Oh, yeah, Trash. it was. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's it. I'm redoing the sermon next week. Get it. I mean, that is why we talk about the sermon before Sunday is to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you can't get everything on your own, Dave. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need Jim to come, come in with the winning... Uh, final line of the sermon on Monday after you preached Jesus. to us. <laughs> uh, wow. I did, I did have the concept, I was thinking visually like Jesus carries our yoke of sin, you know, because Lamentations figures yoke as the burden of sin. So I was thinking of the cross, but I didn't think of that other New Testament time. That's really good. That's beautiful. Well done. Well, with that beauty that allows us to see some of God's beauty and power, we're going to end. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Sunday Recap. We will see you all on Sunday, either on our live stream or in person for our limited in-person gathering. 
or on Sunday night where you can see the sun because Dave will make you turn around and see the sun. Uh, you can get information about all of that on our website, begrace.org slash something. You'll probably find it. All right. We will catch you all next week.